0: Hey there, it's me, Jen, and you're listening to StarCast. StarCast is a blend of my work as an astrologer and as an emotional and soul health practitioner. Every week on StarCast, you're going to get the astrological insight that you need to navigate your way through life. This means I'm going to tell you where the planets are in the sky and what that means for us. I'm also going to incorporate timely and relevant insights that not only help you understand what the planets have to say, but how to tend to the deepest challenges and struggles of your soul. What makes my astrological work unique is that I'm a sidereal astrologer. Basically, there are two zodiacs that our world uses, the tropical zodiac and the sidereal zodiac. The tropical zodiac is the one introduced to us by Greece. This is the system that most American astrologers use, and the sidereal zodiac is the one given to us by India and is most prominently used in India. There are some Western sidereal astrologers, meaning people in the Western world who use the Indian sidereal zodiac. I'm one of those people. Just know that all astrological references in this podcast will be interpreted through the sidereal zodiac, and we'll be having a lot more conversations about what that actually means. I've been studying astrology since 2010. I've studied the tropical zodiac, the sidereal zodiac, shamanic astrology, evolutionary astrology, and more recently, I've studied archetypal astrology have a background as a shamanic arts practitioner, a counselor, and I'm currently getting my master's degree in depth psychology. Okay, so don't forget to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You know how this goes, right? The more reviews you leave, the more people get to listen to Starcast. Once you leave me a review... Let me know by sending me a DM on Instagram at Jen Lee Antil or by sending an email to Jen at JenAntil.com. Once you leave me a review, make sure and let me know because I'm going to send you 100 free journaling prompts to spark your inner transformation. All right, let's get into today's episode. And thanks for listening to StarCast. Hey, podcast listeners, just a quick message before we get into the episode. So, in this episode, I'm talking about the Jupiter Neptune conjunction, which is happening exactly as you'll hear on April 12, 2022. But we're already in the energy of this conjunction as you're listening to this. So, I'm recording this on March 22nd, 2022, right after the spring equinox here in the Northern Hemisphere. And We are already in this energy of the conjunction, right? We've been in it. It's been building for the last couple of weeks. Like, you're probably already really feeling this momentum. So just keep that in mind, right? With these transits of the outer planets, we don't have to wait until the exact date of the conjunction, right? It's not just happening on that one day. Like, I want us to expand the perspective both before and after the transit. So um, just let yourself feel kind of as we're heading into the transit right it's kind of the building energy towards the apex of the conjunction and then we'll also feel it on the other side of that after the exact conjunction happens and we'll feel the residue of that right we'll be feeling it on both sides so just keep that in mind right the planets are living breathing moving alive beings right they're not these black and white stark exact energies so we just want to open up the picture and expand the picture and feel the transit as much bigger than just happening on the exact day. And I also want to say that, of course, if you're listening to this as a podcast, you know it's a podcast, but I also made a video of this if you want to follow along with the PowerPoint that I made, very official, I know, you can find that on my YouTube channel, which is just Jen Antil. Okay, here's the episode. Hey, everyone, welcome to my video and podcast episode on the jupiter-neptune conjunction happening on april 12 2022. if you don't know me my name is jen antill i'm a sidereal astrologer and i do individual and couples readings with people all over the world i'm also a practitioner of depth psychology and i offer counseling sessions for individuals and couples all over the world so you can find out more about me on my website at jenantill.com or you can follow me on instagram at jen Okay, so I'm going to get right into it, and I'm going to go ahead and share my screen with you all. And Here is my very official PowerPoint presentation. Okay, so again, we're going to be diving into the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction, and here's my website down here. Here's my Instagram. I encourage you to hop over there and check out my work. All right, here we go. So the Jupiter and Neptune conjunction is happening on April 12th, one month from today as I'm recording this. Today is March 12th, 2022. And these two planets come together every 13 years. So when they come together, it's pretty significant, right? And in sidereal astrology, these two planets are coming together in the constellation of Aquarius. So sidereal astrology is different than kind of our mainstream Western tropical astrology. Sidereal astrology is known as real-time astrology, meaning that if you're practicing from the sidereal zodiac, you're going to be tracking the movement of the planets through our solar system as they very, very slowly progress. And we're going to be actually able to look up into the sky and say Jupiter and Neptune are going to be in real time sitting in the constellation of Aquarius. If we were to look up with a telescope, we would see them in that constellation. Tropical astrology has a different perspective. They're more concerned with the sun's relationship with the earth. So these two zodiacs just look at the planets and the constellations from a different perspective. Um, I've been practicing sidereal astrology for the past 12 years. I found it to be incredibly resonant for myself, as well as for all of my clients in their charts. So if you're wondering like what exactly is sidereal astrology, Jen, like you can go to my website, you can learn more. There's tons of videos about it that you can watch and you can kind of immerse yourself in um, sidereal astrology and what it is. Of course, sidereal astrology and the sidereal zodiac comes to us from the Vedic Indian traditions and there are now some of us in the West practicing sidereal astrology through um, the meaning of the Western system of astrology. Okay, I'm not going to get too much into what that means, but what's really important to say is that whether you study sidereal astrology or tropical astrology, Jupiter and Neptune are going to be conjunct no matter what system we're using. They're just going to be in two different signs. So more importantly, we're going to be talking about these two archetypal bodies, right? these two planets. We're going to be talking about what happens when they come together. I'm not even going to focus as much on what sign they're in because as an astrologer I find it to be much more potent and much more relevant to talk about these two celestial bodies rather than what sign they're in. Not that it's irrelevant, Um, I just find that because the planets are so big and so powerful and so potent and they're actually very big in size, right, in physical 3D size, there's more magnitude to talking about the planetary bodies than there is sometimes to having to always name the constellation or the sign. So we can share this common language between the sidereal and the tropical zodiac. right? We can share the language of Jupiter and Neptune being in conjunction together. Tropical is going to say they're conjunct in Pisces and sidereal astrologers are going to say it's conjunct in Aquarius. So, I hope that gives you a little background, a little understanding, and it, it's a lot, it can be a lot of heady intellectual astrological information. So, please research this if you're called to learn more about it. So, Jupiter and Neptune are considered outer planets, right? So, when two outer planets come together, we can really look at how it's impacting the collective, right? Like, it's going to impact us personally, but we can also really look at What's happening globally? What's happening in the world? What's happening in the culture? right? What kind of art is being created right now? We can really look at the collective experience. And this is true when outer planets come together. We want to look at um, the, we want to pan out, right? And get a bigger perspective of what's happening on the planet. So I just want to name that in this moment, March 12th, 2022, we are still as a world very fresh in the throes of knowing what's happening in Russia and Ukraine, and um, becoming aware of that, and very much in the midst of witnessing, as I'm, I live in the United States, witnessing what's happening over there. So I want to just name that that has happened as we're building up to this conjunction of Jupiter and Neptune, and. Um, Like most of us probably know, it's the largest military attack in Ukraine by Russia since World War II and also the largest mass exodus of refugees from Ukraine um, in a European country since World War II. So as we prepare for this um, conjunction of Jupiter and Neptune, we really want to be looking at who are our world leaders and who are they really, right? Because Jupiter and Neptune is going to point out And we'll talk about this in much more detail, but they're going to point out where there's been delusion and deception and places where we've been confused and where we thought something was one thing, but it was actually another thing. And so this happens a lot in power, in politics, in government, in leadership. And so we're going to see this. We're going to see this back throughout history, and we're going to see this now, where perhaps Leaders or people that we once looked up to with great inspiration and hope have actually become convoluted or manipulative or um, they, have, they have become in a way where we're now not quite sure what they mean or who they are, right? Their power has become diluted um, and we want to become aware of these illusions, right? We want the veil to be lifted and we want to begin to see clearly, So I just want to name that as this is happening in real time right now as we're moving towards this conjunction. And we don't have to wait for the conjunction to be exact, right? It doesn't have to be like, on April 12th, everything has to happen on this day. It's like, no, we get to see what happens before and during and after, right? It's like we get to be in the middle, beginning, and end of the conjunction and notice and perceive and become aware of all of the influences that this conjunction is having collectively. So I wanna break down the planets and talk about each one individually before we put them together. The archetype of Jupiter, okay? And I wanna talk about these planets as archetypal beings and bodies and if you're not familiar with the concept of an archetype, it's a very Jungian archetype from Carl Jung. Uh, It's a very Jungian concept from Carl Jung, right? An archetype is a um, is something that is true or a concept or a belief that we can all relate to, that we all understand, that all of us in the collective end up living inside of, whether we're conscious of it or not. We're part of a myth. We're part of a story. We're part of a characterological study, and. We all have these elemental archetypal themes that play out in our life, whether we're conscious of it or not. Like, for example, uh, most people on the planet, I think, can relate to the archetypal theme of being 18 and needing to separate and leave home and individuate, right? There's an archetypal character of um, the coming of age story, right? Coming of age, coming into adulthood. So we all are dealing with these themes and motives and stories and myths that We all understand as a human collective. And if we're looking at the planets through an archetypal lens, then these planets become bodies and beings and stories, and they offer us a sense of myth that we can relate to and live inside of and be a part of. And when we have a conjunction, we really wanna understand, oh, this is the myth that's being presented to the collective in this moment, right? This is the myth, this is the story, this is the narrative that we may find ourselves inside of, all of us in different ways, and perhaps some ways that are very similar collectively. So I want us to look at the archetype of Jupiter, the character of Jupiter, um, and begin to, to, to flesh that out. And again, this is not a concept that is unique to me, right? This is archetypal astrology. And you can research that, you can read books about that, you can study about that. It's a type of astrology that I've been incredibly drawn to. Okay, so let's look at Jupiter. A Jupiterian archetype is very generous, right? It's very giving. It wants to give gifts and presents. Um, It's very bold, right? Jupiter is a very public archetype, a public persona. It wants to be out and about and engaged in the public and the culture, Um, Jupiter can be very powerful, right? In Greek mythology, Jupiter is connected to Zeus, right? The most powerful god, of course. Like, Jupiter is big. It's magnanimous. It's got a massive presence to it, right? Jupiter is also a very lucky archetype. It's very fortunate, right? If you have a strong Jupiter in your chart, if you have Jupiter on your ascendant, if you have, you know, Jupiter conjunct Venus, something like that, it's, it's really... A fortunate lucky aspect. Um, Jupiter is very adventurous, right? It rules adventures and journeys and explorations. Jupiter wants to go out and travel and explore. Um, It's not the homebody, right? It's not the one that wants to stay home and be quiet and hermit like. Jupiter is very much like on the head of the ship, leading the way into the unknown, right? It's the journeyer, it's the adventurer. The risk taker, right? Jupiter wants to have new experiences. It wants to be expanded. It wants its mind to be expanded, its heart, its body, like it wants a full life experience, right? Um, The archetype of Jupiter is also very intelligent, right? It wants to learn. It wants to gather knowledge. It wants to gather information. It wants to study. And then it wants to teach, right? It wants to guide. It wants to disseminate knowledge, um, Jupiter is also, on the shadow side of Jupiter, It's also can be very hedonistic, right? It can be excessive. It's like, I want pleasure and money and um, sex and love and affairs. And, right, like how many wives did Zeus have? So many, right? He, he was indulgent, right? Jupiter can be very indulgent or charming and flirtatious and kind of the classic, like, male American man that we might picture, heterosexual, cisgendered, in his midlife crisis. Like, we may picture that in the shadow side of Jupiter. Very hedonistic, only wanting pleasure. You know, I bought six boats and four motorcycles, and I had 12 affairs. Like, this would be Jupiter very much out of balance. And so, right, we have the attractive flirt, the charmer, the charismatic one, right? Kind of like um, the politician... Um, and Jupiter, Jupiter rules, right, government, politics, philosophy, right, so they're very hungry to learn and expand their mind, and they're also tr- quite incredible visionaries, right, they have a vision for the future, they have lots of hope for the future, um, they see a bright picture, the glasses half full, right, like it's a beautiful, hopeful picture of the future, and sometimes it can err on the side of being too positive, right? Kind of that Pollyanna syndrome of like, everything's amazing, and wonderful, and life is so good, right? That's kind of also a shadow side of Jupiter. Okay. <laughs> now let's talk about the archetype of Neptune. So Neptune has a very different feel to it, right? When we enter into the character of Neptune, the archetype of Neptune, I'm immediately reminded of the ocean, right? Um, the, the Neptune and the ocean and the Titan and the sea and all that lives in the unconscious, right? So Neptune really brings us into the unconscious, what we don't even know yet, right? What's, what we're unaware of, what's outside of our conscious awareness. So we're entering into these mystical, mythical depths, right? And a beautiful word for Neptune is the mystic. If we were going to perhaps choose one archetypal character to define Neptune, we would call it the mystic. So Neptune loves spirituality, right? It loves to be connected to something bigger than itself, something magical, something unexplainable, something synchronistic, right? Like Neptune loves the symbolic world, the dream time, okay? The non-linear Right? And because of that, Neptune, the archetype of Neptune, is deeply connected to our creativity, right? Everything that comes out of the, the oceanic realms, the dream time, the symbolic world, the art that's created from the unconscious, right? This is the realm of Neptune. We have the artist, right? Because where, do, where does art come from, right? It comes from the unconscious. It comes from the non-linear. It comes from altered states of reality. This is Neptune, the poet, right? Any any kind of creative art, right? Think, think Neptune. Then we have the romantic, and the lover comes out of Neptune, right? At its deepest core, Neptune desires to go back into a state of oneness in which no one is separated from anyone, right? It's the eternal womb state of being connected to to your mother, right? In the womb, no connection, no separation, just pure. Love, pure connection, pure primal beingness, right, in its most beautiful form. Neptune really thrives and craves that kind of union, which is why it's the mystic. It's the seeker of spiritual experience, right? Because in a sense, strong Neptunian people are really trying to reconnect with God, to reconnect with the divine, to have that uh, experience of spiritual union once again. Okay, on the shadow side of Neptune, we can have the idealist, the one who's also, it's kind of similar to that Pollyanna syndrome, but the one who's more like disconnected from reality, where you're like, whoa, you're not grounded. Like this isn't based in reality. Like that's probably not how it's going to go, or that's not how it is going. Like this really deluded and delusional picture of what's actually happening in life. And this is most often because, um, people who are very Neptunian or have a strong Neptune in their chart are very sensitive, very sensitive emotionally, energetically, psychically. Their senses in this way are incredibly heightened. And so sometimes the world, oftentimes the world becomes very overwhelming and they have to numb those senses to survive, to protect themselves. But they end up kind of disconnecting from themselves, from others, and they can go into these disassociative or numb states of being. And they can really lose the ability to be present in their lives. So in its most extreme form, we have people who fall into all kinds of addictions with strong Neptunes, or let's say even a lot of Pisces in their chart, right? They can just want to live in the fantasy and the illusion of life. It's more comfortable because reality becomes too painful. And Neptune um, is also classically very, can be very confusing in its shadow side, right? Its goal is to help us um, let go of things and and get clarity on the other side. But first we kind of step into this fog of like, oh my gosh, everything is so unclear. Everything doesn't make sense. I don't know what the answer is. I can't grab onto anything linear or tactile or tangible. Like I'm just I'm really in the fog and it's really hard to sit here and be here. Um, because so much in our culture, we're reaching for answers, we're reaching for linear knowledge, right? We're reaching for tangible solutions. And Neptune says, you have to let go, you have to let go, and you have to be in the unknown. And it's uncomfortable, but you have to ultimately have faith. And that's a huge word for Neptune is faith, that we're going to have faith in something bigger than ourselves, that it's going to perhaps work out, we don't know how it's going to work out. But perhaps, we're just trusting that the universe god you know our guides whatever we're connected to our ancestors right that they're with us right we're not alone we are ultimately connected to realms we cannot see there there is somebody behind the veil that we don't that we may be very connected to or we may not be connected to but ultimately we're not alone and we have faith that we're part of something bigger we have faith that life is working out for us that's the beautiful aspect of neptune is that In the confusion it asks us to reach out and and really have faith in what's happening even though we can't explain it or understand it. Okay so let's look at what happens when these two planets come together. Let's look at first the positive side of this and then we'll look at the shadow aspect or the you know more traditionally negative side of their conjunction. So when Jupiter and Neptune come together it can be incredibly hopeful right? These two planets can be such a beacon of hope for the future. There's incredible compassion and generosity with these two planets, like uh, a humanitarian kind of giving to the planet, right? Of like, I want things to be better for everyone, right? Jupiter and Neptune both care about humanity. They both care about the collective. They're like, I don't want it to just be better for me. It's not so individually based. I want the collective to benefit. I want it to be ripe for all of us. It can be a real time of pursuing higher knowledge and learning, right? Um, If ever there were a time of like vision questing, this would be that time, right? Spiritual seeking, spiritual learning. I want to go deeper. I want to learn more. Like I'm hungry for some kind of knowledge and questing this would be an incredible time to do that. And we may see like a rise of that collectively. And you may be even feeling that pull personally in yourself. It can be a, a huge time of influx of spiritual teachers, right? We have Jupiter, which is uh, the teacher, the guide, right? The philosopher and Neptune, it brings in that complete spiritual element to it. So that can be wonderful, or it can be confusing, right? We can have a rise in spiritual teachers, which is like helpful and profound, or it can be you know, kind of cult-like and confusing and somebody who's leading somebody astray and someone who's manipulating people and isn't who they say they are, right? We can have it look both ways. It can be an incredible time of um, miracles and magic, right? Because Jupiter brings in all this fortune and Neptune brings in the magic and the synchronicities and like we want to really watch for that and open our eyes to magic and open our senses to almost expect that, right? It's like when we expect it, we start to see it more, we start to experience it more. Jupiter and Neptune at its best is creating a positive vision for a new world together, right? Both Jupiter and Neptune are visionaries, right? They both want a vision. Jupiter wants to vision of like a big experience, like what's what's my experience of life going to be? And Neptune wants to be like, what's the meaning I'm going to make out of my my existence, right? Like What's my vision for my meaning? Who am I on a deeper spiritual level? And so together, these two are incredible visionaries for creating something really beautiful on the planet. Um, Incredible art can be created during this time, right? Neptune's that creative, right? Like digging up from the unconscious and the dream time. um, It can be a beautiful time of sharing that art with the world. Uh, Let's see. Oh, finances can become... Uh, more abundant or more flow in a sense because Jupiter is so lucky and so fortunate um, that maybe it's like whoa finances are coming out of nowhere or like something synchronistic happened and I'm like you know unexpected magic around financial abundance right perhaps it's a it's a possibility So as always with astrology, right, the planets come in contact with each other and they give us possibilities. They give us a possibility for a story. And it's almost like there's so many options, like choose your own adventure, right? We could choose any direction. The planets don't lock us into a set fate. That's my belief, at least. That's my cosmology around it. That we always have the choice to be, where do I want to be in this story, right? What do I want to be experiencing in this story? How do I want to be creating this this archetypal legend that these two planets are kind of offering us right now? There can be advances in medicine, government, philosophy, education, ways of thinking, right? Those are all very Jupiterian things. And um, it can be a time of a lot of uh, great expansion and awareness around that. So it can also be, um, yeah, just like really generally speaking, a global power for good. Faith, hope, positivity, inspiration, right? We could get, we could see a lot of like really inspirational, hopeful figures arise at this time because again, uh, Jupiter wants to be very public, right? It wants to be very outspoken and seen and heard. Okay, so let's look at the shadow aspects. What happens, what could happen with Jupiter and Neptune in the shadow? So we might, it might be a time where we really want to check in with our plans for the future. Like, are they grounded in reality? How am I connected to reality here? Or is there some sense of like, my plans or expectations are really unrealistic? They're not connected to um, being grounded, right in the physical world, right? We want to, we could easily get swept away in delusion here and and just conceive of something that's really um, unstructured or ungrounded in reality. Okay, I was kind of Mentioning this earlier, but we can become really misled by spiritual teachers or traditions, right? Neptune really casts that illusory manipulative shadow over this of like, whoa, I got so caught up. What they were saying was so convincing. It was so inspiring. I lost myself. I went unconscious. I went to sleep, right? Like, whoa, I kind of got swept up in that Neptunian fog. And like, I really lost touch with myself and my reality. Um, it it could be funnily enough, a time where we could really fall in love easily, right? And have a lot of illusions or projections onto a person that we're falling in love with. So we just want to be like really checking ourselves and grounding into reality and grounding into our body, like a great time to have a lot of tools for grounding, right? Like touching the earth, being embodied, eating good food, um, making sure we're kind of balancing (laughs) this nebulous tendency with, being in our bodies and being on the earth. It could be a time of course when we get lost in addiction or numbing out or really only wanting to feel good, like kind of that hedonistic pleasure. And, and I don't mean pleasure or hedonism has to be negative by any means, right? Like I think we should indulge in our pleasures and feel that often, but in the sense where we're damaging our relationships or we're damaging ourselves with that um, addictive behavior. Um, again, like misinformation, right? Jupiter is also about education or information, and Neptune could cloud that, right? Like, what information are we getting? What's on the news? What's uh, in the textbooks? Like, who are we learning from? Like, we want to make sure our sources are really grounded. Uh, And of course, confusing, confusing leadership, like I was mentioning in the beginning, right? Jupiter is the leader, the guide, and we want to make sure that we're really checking in with our own sense of leadership and where that's coming from, as well as the people who we look up to as guides or teachers or leaders for us. And Jupiter and Neptune is also in the shadow element, really prone to scandals or manipulative, manipulative scandals. Um, again, where it's really confusing and nebulous or like who said what, and it wasn't clear and we don't really know what's going on. Um, Again, like these, this pair can be very convincing. And we can either be convincing and inspirational for good or perhaps for evil on the planet. And maybe there's a, a gray area <clears throat> or somewhere in the middle of that. But either way, these two planets can be charming and convincing and inspirational. And so where, where is that inspiration ultimately leading us? Where is that guidance ultimately leading people? really a good question right now. Okay, so for sidereal astrologers, we're going to look at these two in the sign of Aquarius. And just to give us kind of an overview of the constellation of Aquarius and the the qualities of Aquarius, it could be a time of a lot of new technological inventions, social media changes, um, because Aquarius is very interested in technology and the internet and Uh, All of those kinds of things. It could be a time of a lot of changes in communities, right? Aquarius rules community. Um, And Aquarius also rules humanitarianism. So an incredible time of like benefactors, generosity, gifts, like humanitarian efforts really emerging in the culture and in the collective. Aquarius is all about paving the way for the future, right? Like, where are we headed? What's the hope for the future, right? What's the vision for the future? Really great time to do that. Aquarius is also about finding autonomy outside of the normative systems, outside of the government systems, the financial systems, um, the moral religious systems, right? Aquarius is the the healthcare medical systems. Aquarius is all about standing outside of those systems and claiming our sovereign autonomy and becoming um, who we are at the risk of losing our sense of belonging. So... With these, with Jupiter and Neptune, it's like, what kind of vision are we creating that's totally new and different, right? That's outside of the norms, that's outside of anything that's ever been done. And that perhaps we risk being ostracized or outcast from places that we've belonged where we weren't even ever really ourselves, Uh, It's a very innovative time, right? Aquarius is genius. It's creative. It's like, let's get the new technologies. Let's get new things that we've never seen before. Let's invent. Let's get creative. Let's really use our intellect and create something new. It's it's an exciting constellation. It's one of my favorites. Okay, so I want to give us a little history of what happened collectively in previous Jupiter-Neptune conjunctions. Okay, so we're going to go back in history a little bit. This is fun. I think it's fun. The last time Jupiter and Neptune were conjunct was in 2009. So this was when Obama was inaugurated and he became president of the United States, right? And for a lot of people, not for everyone, Obama was a big symbol of hope, right? He was very inspiring. um, of Like, oh, there's going to be change, right? Like, He's not white. This is really exciting. Um a lot of people were really hopeful and it was it was a hopeful time, right? I remember when Obama was elected and I was in uh, Hawaii at the time and I remember watching the election on the TV in the little yoga studio in Maui and all of us were like cheering and running in the streets and like there was a lot of celebratory celebratoryness to that, right? It was a really hopeful uh, sign for the future, and that can be the element of and the feeling of Jupiter and Neptune. Um, also, in 2009, the governments had pumped in trillions of dollars into the financial system to stop the next Great Depression um, and kind of stop the recession that began in 2007. And of course, lots of things happened within the banking systems and the financial systems and the wealth distribution that was really shady and unfair and convoluted and manipulative, right? So we're seeing the manipulative elements of Neptune kind of come into play. And again, Jupiter's rules, you know, um, politics, governments, uh, things like that where we would see this play out in the collective. I thought it was interesting in 2009 that Michael Jackson died. Right? He was at one time a real symbol of hope for our world. So many people looked up to him. And then we ended up finding out that he was actually a pretty troubled human, right? And, and deep into addictive tendencies and qualities. And so you kind of see the rise and the fall of Jupiter and Neptune happen, right? Like a great symbol of hope and um, creativity and artistry for the world. And yet, There's this other kind of, Neptune comes in and kind of convolutes that picture and like, well, there's a lot of stuff going on under the surface that we're now finding out about. And, whoa, maybe this wasn't quite as it seemed, right? The end of the 26-year war in Sri Lanka happened in 2009, which I didn't know about, but also Jupiter and Neptune together can really symbolize peace right? Peace, like peace and love and unity, kind of that like, you know, age old saying like we are all one, like that would be a message of like Jupiter and Neptune together. Like all we want is love, like all we want is peace, like that would be um, a message of Jupiter and Neptune together. And I thought this was so interesting. Avatar, do y'all remember this movie, was the number one movie in the world in 2009. So remember that movie, it was all about the creation of, you know, living in a new way, living on a new planet was very hopeful. I remember watching that movie over and over again. And the way that movie was created, right, the animation in that movie was also very beautiful and artistic and Neptunian, Neptunian and dreamlike, right? It was like there's this hope for living on a new way in this planet and reconnecting to the circle and the web of life and to humanity, Okay, and then if we go back before that, the the Jupiter Neptune conjunction before that was in nineteen ninety seven. So this was during the O j. Simpson trials, right? Again, this kind of really public figure of hope and fame and athleticism um, was again that that image kind of crumbled, and we see kind of the delusion or the illusion that lives underneath that, right? Neptune kind of stirs that up and it's like, wait, things aren't quite as they seem again, right? We have the creation of the Fox News Channel, which I thought was really interesting. So fake news, right? Um, Jupiter loving political, governmental arenas and Neptune coming in with like the delusion and making that really convoluted. Howard Stern radio show premieres. And we have this guy, I'm not sure how to say his name, Borg Outland, I'm just going to try it there, becomes the first person to cross Antarctica alone and untended. So I put that on there just because Jupiter rules, um, remember how I was saying it rules like um, this, the vision quest, right? The spiritual journey, the adventurer, the one who wants to go on the quest and really find something out about themselves, come to a deeper knowing and understanding of who they are. Um Jupiter Neptune would really uh, would really love that experience. And then before that, we have 1984, the the next uh, Jupiter Neptune conjunction. So we have Apple unveiling the Macintosh computer. Um, so this is innovative, right? Innovative technology something new, something that gives people a lot of hope, of like a new way, a new way of connecting, a new way of being in the world. Um, The AIDS virus, of course, the AIDS outbreak was at its height here in 1984. So um, Jupiter also rules the realms of like medicine and, you know, medicine, government, uh, politics, all of that. Jupiter rules that and we have this virus that is pinned on a certain population right let's say gay men and let's say even more specifically black gay men that the AIDS virus is pinned on them and uh in a sense people really adopt that narrative and um so yeah I'm trying to watch what I'm saying here and just be conscious of it but in a sense, people adopt that narrative and um, we're not sure if that's true or not, right? There's a lot of confusion around where does this virus come from? Who's responsible for it, right? Who do we blame, right? There's a lot of um, cloudedness and fog surrounding this virus. And of course, a lot of pain and trauma and death and the changing of the culture, right? Neptune comes in and says, Neptune's also, like I was saying, about letting go, right? It says let go, like we're dissolving, we're dissolving something. And sometimes that can mean there's, um, you know, you know death that happens. The Rwandan genocide was really at its height during this time. You know, a lot of um, conflict, right, warfare, who has the power, who doesn't, who's really in charge, who can we trust, right, all of that, Um France, the U.S., and the USSR perform a lot of nuclear testing. Okay, so I want to just talk about a few celebrities who hold this um, archetype, archetypal conjunction in their chart. And again, I couldn't, I didn't pull all of their charts to see if they were exact conjunctions, but they were. These were all celebrities born in the years when Jupiter and Neptune were conjunct. So we have Ellen DeGeneres who um, has been a cultural, you know, icon and hope for the queer community. Um, there's also been, you know, a lot of recent things that have come out about her where um, you know, she hasn't been quite what she seems or who she's said to be. And so it's a funny thing about fame and celebrities, right? Is that in our Western culture, we put them up on a pedestal and say, like, yes, these are our hope. Like, we love these people. Like, it's very Jupiter-Neptune of us to do that, right? And then eventually, we become disillusioned with them. and They come crashing down off the pedestal. And that's kind of that underbelly of Neptune, right? Of, like, they're not going to be what they seem, right? They're not going to be this perfect symbol of hope because no one is because guess what? We're human. And they're not archetype. They're not archetypes. They're celebrities. They're humans, Right? They are not meant to embody the perfection of hope for us because they're human and they're going to fuck it up and they're going to be fallible and, you know, they're going to mess it up. And so when that happens, right, we can become very disillusioned and disappointed and then they come crashing down. We have Tim Burton, who, of course, created these fantastical scenes and, um, you know, very Neptunian worlds for us to live inside of. We have Alec Baldwin, which I love because he's like the epitome of that charismatic, charming, flirtatious kind of, you know, masculine embodiment of um, <laughs> the the midlife. I always think of like the midlife crisis, you know, cis, heteronormative male in our culture um, who really embodies that flirtatious kind of energy of Jupiter-Neptune. We have Bob Marley, who was also very, you know, um, into addictive substances. Diane Sawyer, I thought was really interesting because, you know, she, she was, she is someone who really, you know, searches for the truth and kind of reach, wants to reach past the delusion or reach past the ways that, you know, the truth has been covered up and to really, um, bring forward the best parts of Jupiter-Neptune, the, the the truth, the real story. Snoop Dogg and Missy Elliott. Okay. So one last thing just to invite us into a more personal integration of this. <clears throat> so we're not just, you know, there's the collective experience. And then I want us to also you know, ask us where it's hitting us personally, because it's going to impact each one of us differently. And that's really also depending on what it's touching in our chart as this conjunction happens. But some questions that we can ask are, what are our visions for the year, right? What what do we vision? What are we hoping for, right? What are we really wanting to create, um, where are our blind spots, right? This is such a hard question to ask because there are blind spots, so we can't see them. We're blind to them. They're unconscious, right? How can we see what we don't know? But we can just start to maybe even ask that question, right? Or we can ask, like, how, do, how am I getting wrapped up in illusion? Like, is there anything that I'm hoping is one way, but it's really another way? Or is there anything that I need to kind of get more clear about or get more grounded into Is there anything that's been presented as this, like, amazing, wonderful, cure-all, helpful, inspiring thing that I actually need to see the reality of it, right? Because um, nothing's perfect, right? We have to let ourselves see the imperfection and the realness of what's being presented to us. There's no, like, perfect solution or one size fits all, right? It's all about integration of the good and the hard and the challenging and the wonderful and bearing both sides of that. So if we're being presented with something that's like this is amazing and it's the best thing ever and it's like going to help you forever and always, right? It may be a a sign for us that we want to kind of like question that and be like, well, like how are we integrating this into reality, right? it's a really good time for like what do we want to learn what are we really being inspired to learn and what where are we feeling inspired right where are we feeling like we want to move forward um is there anything that we wanting to like quest for or seek for do we want to go on like a, a vision quest or a spiritual quest like are we being called to that in any way and also uh I was teaching a class on this yesterday, and one of my students brought this point up as well, which I really appreciated. Was um, we can it can also be about letting go of the linear as much. Like if we are a person who lives so much in a grounded Saturnian reality, it can be a time where we get to let go of that and let go of those boundaries a bit, and let ourselves live in the hopefulness and the positivity and the releasing of always having to be so connected to a reality or a rigidity. So I really appreciate that perspective as well. Okay, so I'm gonna stop the screen share and come back to you and just say that I have so appreciated and loved doing this uh, presentation with you all and this recording for you. And if you have any questions at all, please go to my website, janantel.com, and send me questions about this. And I hope that you all have a really full and profound time integrating this conjunction in a way that feels really meaningful to you. And just sitting with these archetypes and these characters and... Becoming curious about the ways that they show up for you and what you notice and what you feel and how you might feel your connection with the planets during this time. All right, my friends. With that, I will end. And thank you all for listening. And I hope that you'll be in touch and I hope that I will be doing some readings with some of you in the future. All right, take care. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today. Don't forget to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. Once you do, send me a DM at Jen Lee Antil or send me an email at Jen at JenAntil.com. Once you let me know you left me a review, I'm going to send you 100 free journaling prompts to spark your radical transformation. Damn, that's cool, right? to book a reading with me, you can always go to my website, JenAntil.com, or as always, you can find me on Instagram at Jen Lee All right. Thanks for listening to StarCast. Until next time.